And welcome back to the Bill Bennett Show. Thoughtful conversation, we hope, about the news of the day, for sure. And address the existential threats to America, whether they hold presidential office or not. Right. We're going to catch up on emails today and discuss a few things I want to talk about. How come you didn't write here? Our guest today is Claude Jennings, yeah, well, producer I'm not of the show. Yeah, not necessarily a guest. You know, more of, uh, you know, just making an appearance on the show. You're I, kind I of guess. a landlord, really. Yeah. Well, yeah, right. Show manager, you know. Um, and, and I don't mean to pat us on the back, but this type of show... Very popular. Hmm. People want to hear emails, want to hear your thoughts. They want to hear this discussion. They want to hear your thoughts, too. Right. So they want to hear you talking back. <laughs> right, right, right. So, you know, we're giving the people what they want. I mean, as, as humbly as I can say that. I mean, wow. we're giving them what they want. So And they want you? <laughs> well, no, they want you. It's like that commercial with the two guys in the car and the... Says, oh, you know, boy. I'm not in focus. <laughs> right. And the black dude there says, well, you're not star. Yeah, I'm yeah, star. yeah. Well, this is reversed. I mean, you're the one in nah, focus. Well, I'm not in focus, but I'm in the car. So we're going to catch up on your emails <laughs> and discuss a few things. We've started already. This guy's a troublemaker. Mm-hmm. Can I tell the audience we got somebody she, building? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. This is the studio inside my house. Mm-hmm. And we got people across the street building a new house. Very interesting. Yeah. And they wait mm-hmm. until we get set up for radio podcast. And then they start banging. It's like clockwork. I, I can show up, and before we start anything, it's quiet. Nothing yeah. happens. Yeah. The moment we hit record and start talking to the microphones, there's banging, there's yeah. saws. There's... building supervisor sees your car and says, okay, guys, be ready <laughs> in 10 minutes. You know? <laughs> right. It's part of the liberal agenda. The left wants it's to a, silence, uh, that's distract right. that. That's right. <laughs> okay, a few things. Uh, I, You know, I'm not following it day to day because it seems to me, I'm not sure we're going to find out anything day to day. But I gather that the evidence is growing about the Wuhan virus that it was mm-hmm. that it was made in the lab. It seems that way. And I've been listening to Dr. Redfield, who was the head of CDC, and I knew Dr. Redfield, Robert Redfield, back when I was drug czar. Oh, wow. And, you know, he was someone we consulted with. But it does seem... Like I don't know if there was a cover up and you know, mm-hmm. Fauci and all. I'm not. A, I'm not a Fauci hater like a lot of people mm-hmm. because I, I give guy room. You know this thing evolves. You know you got to react and it changes and then the virus changes. But it does. It does seem more than fishy. Okay. All right. It does seem like there was money going to this lab. This lab is. Uh, you know that they won't let us look around in there. Mm-hmm. I mean the Chinese are covering it up, which is. Get so ridiculous that we're going to the Olympics with these people. Right. Mm-hmm. But uh, it looks like the evidence is pretty substantial that it came from the lab and that there was a cover up and that Fauci may well have been involved in it. Wow. And this is, I mean, this is like one of the biggest scandals in the history of the world. Oh, 100%. So I, I don't know. What do you think on the, on the virus? Well, I mean, it's big because number one, you know, a lot of people worldwide died. You know, yeah, over 800,000 yeah, yeah, Americans yeah, yeah. died. It's a big deal. And if, and, and, and if, if there, if this is a cover up and if anyone in, in, in this country who's an official of any sort knew about it and participated in it or didn't disclose it, I don't know what do you do short of locking them up. That's, I mean, what do you, what do you, I mean, that's a huge deal. Crime against humanity. Well, and, and especially for, you know, the fact that, you know, former President Trump, you know, was screaming about the fact that they knew this. They knew this. They developed this. Uh, they're covering things up. They're not being forthright. Uh, yet and still, there were people here politically who wanted to blame the whole thing on him. And he's like, how, how do you blame this on him? Oh, that's right. That's, that's just, right. Uh, oh, my goodness. No, he's. This uh, could be big. Trump is looking much better to a lot of people in the rearview mirror. 
Can I give you this anecdote? Yeah, please. So I get together with uh, some in-laws. So it's six of us at a table. Right. Um, yeah, let's see. There were two, uh, Latino Americans, one from El Salvador, one from Puerto Rico. Um, uh, uh, two, uh, black, uh, two, two African Americans and two half black, half Latinos. Right. Okay. And we're, and we're talking politics. Oh, we're talking everything. no white people. No, 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 of course not. We're sitting around, we're talking, we're talking politics. We bring up Trump, we bring up vaccines. I mean, and we took everyone all across the, 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 the map on these things, right? From anti-vaxxers to vaccine and boosted all stuff. Wouldn't you know it that from the table, there were three things that, that, that intrigued me. Number one, and this is not some kind of scientific poll of, you know, Americans, but from the table, uh, someone says just, and this is the most liberal person at the table. Biden's doing a horrible job. He's doing a horrible job. The only thing that he is, uh, doing right from their perspective is he's not president Trump. And that's the only thing. Then someone said, you know, everyone agreed to that. Someone says who did not vote for, uh, president Trump, in 2016 or in 2020 says if he runs again i'm voting for him and and had two other people at the table toast to that who did not oh, vote for trump boy, that's interesting and then two other people who were the most liberal at the table says i will never vo- force myself to admit it he did better with, than with those last two never would never say it but know that trump did a better job than biden would they vote for trump that i don't know I, I think if forced to vote for trump against biden again they would they would okay but if there were anyone different and they felt the same about 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 vice president harris as well yeah just yeah. not well, that's just not up to the job yeah that's very interesting the plural of anecdote is not data mm-hmm. as we say right, right. but right. uh but that's interesting and i i um, I, I think that's probably representative it's got to be very interesting. Yeah, I was I was I was uh, shocked because again okay. these were su- a soup I mean super liberal people not Trump supporters at all. Um and 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 yeah, you know, uh, two two literally said if Trump runs again, I'm voting for him. Okay. Hands down. Very interesting. Very interesting. Uh I may actually report that to him. Good, you should. Yeah. Yeah, he's I expect a call from him because he's probably going to call and say I hear you're saying you hope I'm not the candidate. I, I you know, the only reason is there's, there's just so many people like the last two mm-hmm. died in the wall. They will do. They'll vote for anyone, right, other than Trump. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe not after three more years of Biden. Maybe not. Maybe not. Yeah. But, um, but we'll we'll see. I just think I think we could have Trump policy, mm-hmm. all the good things he did, without the interference, without static, right? With a you know with a DeSantis or a, mm-hmm. a Tim Scott, maybe. Or you know several other people. Well, and then the the other thing is is that the the only reason we've been thinking about that alternative is because he the the likelihood of him toning down his demeanor and kind of changing his position and posture a little bit. We know he's not going to do that. So that's the only reason the other alternative would be Trump policy without the Trump. If Trump could do that and be less Trumpy, and it's probably hard to tell him that. I'm sure people have, but I mean, stop being yourself. Yeah, I mean, Conor Cruz O'Brien wrote the biography of Edmund Burke, okay, great British statesman. He said he had the gift of always being himself. Mm-hmm. Trump has the gift or curse <laughs> of always being himself, and it's mm-hmm. mixed. You know, yeah. uh, Shakespeare, his uh, taints and virtues waged equal with him. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. uh, and actually, I think his virtues outweigh his taints, but that's because I support him and like him. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people would say you can't even see the accomplishments because of the personal mm-hmm, stuff. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, Mrs. Bennett saw an invitation. I, I guess I don't know if we got it or if she read about it. Classic DC fundraiser for Liz Cheney. Okay. And all these never Trumpers. Yeah. All these Republican never Trumpers. (laughs) And special remarks by Mitt Romney. Ah. Oh, boy. Okay. I know what that's about. All right. Uh, Let's go through some more headlines. You know, this takes 30 seconds, and it's going to consume a million hours on TV. Justice Breyer stepping down. Right. Right. Breyer, by the way, was is a very dutiful liberal. I mean, a very smart guy. I think mm-hmm. a principal liberal. He was a professor at Harvard Law School when I was there. Nice. Um, and he's 82, 83, stepping down. He will be replaced by another liberal. Mm-hmm. End of story. I mean, we can carry on about the fact that Biden was ridiculous and said, you know, uh, it's going to be a black woman. It's going to be a black woman. Mm-hmm. And uh, as uh, I think it was uh, Jonathan Turley, Professor Turley, said, you know, he's saying it has to be a black woman. Everyone else is excluded. He said this is precisely the policy the Supreme Court has struck down as unconstitutional. Sure, right, You right. can't just say this is reserved only for blacks or whites right. or women or men. Mm-hmm. Well, you can't. And, and you know, uh, I hate to bring football into everything, but, you know, you deal with the NFL and they've got this Rooney rule, right, where if you want to hire candidates, you've got to bring in a minority, you know, yeah, yeah. and different things like that. There's got to... I'm, I don't, I, you know, I don't know anything about workplace law, but I'm sure that you that you can't just put a position up and say this is only for this specific type of person, and that's by race and gender. No, you can't. And 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 and, and the reason you know it's identity politics is is simply because he could have just in his own mind and heart knew I'm going to put in a black woman no matter who it is. He doesn't have to say that to anybody. He doesn't well, he have to felt he had to say it to get the nomination. That's exactly what, that's, exa- that's, exactly, the, that's ex- the exact reason why he did that. He could have just had it in his heart and mind that that's what he was going to do, but I can't say it because I can't appear to be biased in this. I have to, you know, at least have a list of people, whether it's a, and, and, and what's so funny is, you know, and sure, you know, there are some who are concerned as far as, you know, well, what, a, you know, the white male or whatever, but, there's all kinds of other people than black women who could say, wait, wait, what about me? What about Latinos, male or female? What about black men? Like, there's a whole bunch of people who could have a who could have a complaint about this. But to just sing, single out that it just shows the identity politics. Uh, Ukraine, um, we're not going to put soldiers on the ground, boots mm-hmm. on the ground, but we are sending soldiers over. I'm not quite sure what the point of that is mm-hmm. to show muscle or strength. Uh, the, the real thing would be to cut off the pipeline. Right. Well, that's not going to happen. Anyway, we'll see what happens to Ukraine. Um, I don't know. You know, I mean, they, they vastly outnumber the tr- the Russian troops, vastly outnumber anything Ukraine can put sure. up. But it could still be bloody for the Russians. They mm-hmm. can still take casualties. I don't know what he's up to here, but but it's certainly an indication of, of Biden's weakness. Sure, yeah. And um, I'm still more worried about China. Uh, and, uh, you know, this uh, the <clears throat> Ukraine, you know, if the Russians go into Ukraine, or not, I think it's very likely the Chinese are going to make a move on Taiwan. Mm, okay. And we'll see where we are mm-hmm. on this. We have, a, we have a treaty. Tough tough to business. People can recall the conversation we had with Joel Farkas and yes, Brian and Kennedy, Kennedy about mm-hmm. this. And that was, what, two or three uh, uh, podcasts ago. Sure, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, two things in the news really, really troubling. One is the cop murders. Mm-hmm. The two cops in New York, two young cops with yeah. families. It looks like it's a setup. Mm-hmm. Domestic, you know, the worst kind of thing. The thing the alarms go off, domestic disturbance mm-hmm. go in place. They open a door, you know, they go in and then they open another door and the guy's in there and shoots both cops. Mm-hmm. One dies almost immediately, the other mm-hmm. dies in the hospital. Mm-hmm. 
And, you know, it was the woman who called, put up to it, and then set up. We don't know yet, but uh, this killing of cops, man. And, you know, and then you got this soft DA in New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, as we speak, uh, Biden's planning to go up to New York to be with the mayor, the new mayor. Uh, but I, th- I think it'll probably be just mainly about guns and gun mm-hmm. control, not about prosecuting criminals, which it ought to be about. Right. Uh, anyway, it's a sad thing, and it's a politically, it's a terrible issue for the Democrats. Mm-hmm. They're just going to lose on this. Uh, the other thing I want to talk about, I don't know, if, have you seen it? I, it, it uh, as we speak here, I first saw it last night on the news or yesterday afternoon. These men, young men, crossing the border. Okay. Going into buses. Mm. Buses taking them to a place. They get out and get in taxi cabs, go to an airport. They're not tested for COVID first? No, they're not tested Are for COVID. Are they given the vaccine they, first, then, obviously? No, right? okay. and then they fly all over the country. Mm-hmm. There was a videotape of uh, them landing in Westchester County Airport, New York. Wow. And uh, this video has these local security guys saying to the, you know, the people who brought them in, what's going on? What is this? They say, oh, you want to keep this on the down low, man, because mm. we don't want people to see this. We don't want the media to see this. We're getting thousands of illegals coming across, and then they're being secretly brought by airplanes to places all around the country. Mm-hmm. This is a violation of federal law. Biden is just doing it. This is this is a frigging outrage. This mm-hmm. is an unbelievable bad thing. And you know, that's not about reuniting families or anything. These all all men between the ages I'd say of twenty and forty. Wow. Have you seen the, any of the video? I haven't seen the video. Yeah, I'll look at heard up. about yeah, it. I've I've heard about about that yeah. happening, but I haven't seen that particular video. And what's interesting is see Fo- Fox got it and mm-hmm. has been playing it. You know, reel after reel. And I'm just wondering, since Fox got it and is showing it, does that mean ABC, CBS, and NBC will absolutely not show it? <laughs> Possibly. Possibly. Because, you know, because it's news, it. man. It is well, news. Well, I mean, it, it tells, it tells uh, you know, number one, it tells a couple of things. Number one, it, it shows, you know, does this administration have an immigration policy? Like, what is the immigration policy? Yeah, no. I don't think they have one. Um, uh, you know, uh, number two, their, their ability to spin anything to seem as if it's compassion. It's not compassion. It's not, I mean, how, how is it compassion to just say, okay, well, what we want to do is bring people, if it is, then set up a system, set up something, but to just let anyone cross over the border, you will literally shut down schools from kids who are citizens just because they don't have a vaccine or won't even wear a mask, but you'll fly people around this country who aren't vaccinated, hasn't been tested, who knows, and put them anywhere and say, oh, well, we just want to, no, you, if, if, if you care, then come up with some sort of policy, some other than just, we'll just ship people around and, and hide them out anywhere. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And they try to make it about the person. So if you're against this, then you're obviously against people trying to better themselves or people following the American yeah, you're dream. Racist, yeah, you're racist. Yeah. And yeah. that's not the case at all. No, it's terrible. Uh, last thing I would mention, and then we want to get to your emails, by the way, any comments you got on any of this we're talking about, write us at, mm-hmm. uh, where do they write though? Bill Bennett podcast at gmail.com. Bill Bennett podcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Is, I, I just read a piece by a guy named Robert Pondicio, um, at, uh, from the Fordham Foundation, okay. Fordham Institute. Mm-hmm. And, um, he says this may be the great pivot point for American education. Traditionally, Americans have said public schools are not so good, but my school is good. Mm-hmm. A lot of them are not saying that now, about either about their school, too. Disenchantment with public education because of uh, the shutdown, mm-hmm. the behavior of the teachers, the unions, not wanting to go back, looking over your kid's shoulders, seeing what the kid's learning in school has been very discouraging to a lot of people. And um, 
uh, homeschooling apparently has tripled. Sure. We're mm-hmm. a homeschooler. Yes, we, yep, we are. Yep. And enrollment in Catholic schools would triple if there were room. Mm-hmm. And, Ima- and also imagine if, if, if more individuals could, could, could afford it, you know, to send their kids to private school. Oh, goodness. Yeah. Yeah. We're more than triple. Uh, so uh, we'll see. I mean, I, I, it could be the moment. I, obviously, uh, there was a political uh, pivot in the state of Virginia. Mm-hmm. Based largely on education, that's why Glenn Youngkin won, because he was taken on and and taking up the mantle of parents, mm-hmm. uh, and that's I think one of the main reasons he won. And this fight goes on with the mask mandate business. Uh, anyway, that's uh, that's something worth watching. I'm watching it, and we'll uh, let you know. So, Doctor Bill, remember last week we talked about uh, paintyourlife.com. Yes, for folks who take your yes. pictures and they make like you know an artist's yes. uh, portrait of it. And I talked about how easy it was to kind of upload your photos. You can go to their website, paintyourlife.com. Uh, and uh, it takes about five minutes, something like that. It took me and Sierra about three and a half. And we just thought of all these different port- uh, pictures we wanted to send to it. Even Manny, you know, had some pictures that he wanted us to submit to it for himself and for his room. Well, guess what? What? The portrait came two days ago. And, man, we open it up in this nice box. It's wrapped, We oh, and we take it out, and it looks amazing. Even really? better than the Yeah, even better than the photo review that they emailed us, uh, it's, um, that wow. they emailed to us. Yeah. So when I looked at it, I thought, man, I'm glad we did this, but it would have been great to kind of surprise the year with something like this, right? Yeah. For an anniversary, a birthday, or something yeah, like yeah, that. Okay. Yeah, And it's not super expensive. they got many different price options, many different uh, options as far as framing and, and, and artists. You can choose your own artist. Again, paintyourlife.com. There's no risk if you don't love the final painting your money is refunded guaranteed and right now as a limited uh time offer get 20 percent off your painting that's right 20 percent off and free shipping to get this offer text the word bill to 64,000. that's bill to 64,000. text bill to 64,000. paint your life celebrate the moments that matter most Terms apply. Available at paintyourlife.com backslash terms. Again, text Bill to 64000. All right, time to check emails. Emails, lots that? of yeah, emails. Lots right? of emails. Okay. And so, so many came in um, about the San Francisco uh, interview. Right, Schellenberger. Uh, yeah, with uh, Michael Schellenberger. So we'll, we'll get to that in a second. How about we just open up with um, with our buddy Don? Is that okay? Yeah, Don, our weekly correspondent. Yeah, and he talked a little bit about um, something we talked about earlier in the show uh, about the uh, Supreme Court. He says, Biden announced that only a black female will be considered for the upcoming uh, SCOTUS vacancy. He says he did the same for the VP question. If Biden is so concerned about social justice and equity, then why doesn't he step down and allow the first black female VP to become the first black female woman to become president of the United States? He gets States? a twofer for a twofer. Yeah. So not only did he, did he you know, uh, appoint or have her on the ticket, he also then stepped down. Oh, she becomes president. Yeah, why don't he step down so she can become president? Well, why not make her uh, put her on the Supreme Court? That's also another thing. And then step down. Right. And then he can say, I've appointed a black woman to three positions. Right. Vice president, Supreme Court, and president. Right. Right. That's what he should do, right? And then he can, and, and, but then he also, in the speech as far as stepping down, he has to say, I want to, um, you know, kind of negate my white privilege and step down as president because I don't deserve it because I'm white. <laughs> Honestly, um, yeah, it's it's, yeah. it's it's a laughable point, though. <laughs> it is. You know, we say in philosophy, reductio ad absurdum. 
yeah. on absurd absurdity. And we are at the absurdity point right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, he says, additionally, why did he run against the three black Dems in 2020 instead of just supporting one of them if he wanted a black president so bad? <laughs> He's got a point, right? He's got yeah. a point. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's move. Let's move. You can always rely on Don for the humor. I love Don when Don great. emails in. Don yeah, but great. he makes great points. I love when Don emails in. Uh, let's see. Our friend Raymond um, emails in. And uh, so let's see. Yeah, this is about the uh, Michael Schellenberger interview. says uh, he was surprised when we interviewed him uh, this past show uh, that you didn't discuss the effect of drug decriminalization and recreational marijuana legalization in the state of California. Well, I'm sorry. Maybe we didn't do the the effect of it in California, but I distinctly remember Michael saying when I asked him how many, do you remember this? How many people on the street had drug problem? Right. He said 100%. Right. Yeah. 100%. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As so, a matter of fact, he said even when we're talking about homelessness, we're not really talking about people without home. It's it's either for the high percent, a high percentage of it is a mental issue or drug abuse issue. But no, fair enough, uh, Raymond. It's Raymond, right? Mm-hmm. That um, we didn't specifically tie it to the California policy, and you know, a lot of people go to California, mm-hmm. you know, for that reason. A, it's uh, very hospitable to the homeless, right? And they're, they're not going to arrest you for any violation of drug laws. Uh, let's see. Says, I was also disappointed that there wasn't much discussion about Michael's uh, background with uh, the Soros-funded projects. Uh, he le- Yeah, well, we did talk about that. He mentioned he yeah. the man of the left. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we talked about that. I mean, that I right think there, yeah. this is why the guy's so interesting. Right, no, exactly. He comes yeah. from a, a deep, super liberal. Deep, deep left, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. super liberal. He self-confessed, too. Uh, let's see. He says um, he also has been living in California. Uh, let's see. He says uh, his wife and I had uh, lived in San Jose for decades now. Uh, before January 2018, the local community had literally a handful of homeless people. Uh, we all recognized their faces, and we would see them uh, and, and get them handouts from time to time. They were not aggressive. Uh, then the encampments began to grow since 2018. Uh, there have been so many homeless, we can't even recognize them. The wife complains about foul behavior in public transit, and it's clear that most of them are out of their mind. Many are uh, reeking of marijuana smoke, but as I noted, it's anecdotal evidence and not statistics. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. well we talked about I You don't need to be a brain surgeon to figure that out. No, 100%. Yeah, I talked about that same thing when we went to Seattle a few months ago, my wife and I, and just open drug use right there in the streets. Yeah, uh, and police right around the corner, not stopping anybody. Not stopping anybody. Right? We all know it's there, you know, and and we like it's whoa. Public you know, lawlessness yeah. is bad. Uh, let's see. Um, we have uh, Jane, uh, who emailed in and says, "Hello, Bill and Claude. I really enjoyed the interview on cities being ruined by progressive policies. I've ordered the book, and surprisingly, our library has it." Uh, she says, "We moved to the uh, from the Bay Area." Uh, to South Carolina in the fall of 2019. And that'll make your head spin. Mm-hmm. That's transition. We have we get the ha- bends. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, said we have uh, lived there, uh, owning a home since uh, 1988, and was relocated many times due to my husband's Air Force career. Uh, we were in our retirement home, but they drove us out. We used to absolutely love going to San Francisco to see plays, musicals, playing uh, tourist when we first married. It was very uncommon to see any homeless in, ni- in the late 80s, uh, but every now and again you get a whiff of urine once walking down the street. I can't remember the last time we went to the city, but it was over 15 years ago. We had to leave California, the crime, the homelessness, the taxes, uh, the enormous water bill, etc. We, uh, we are happy to enjoy life in Greenville, South Carolina. Love Greenville, South Carolina. Yeah, that's uh, that's crib. I guess he's Spartanburg. I can't mm-hmm. he's well, radio show, man. That Greenville Spartanburg area. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, man, yeah. we had tons of folks listening to that that's area. That's right. That's mm-hmm. right. 
Yep. Says we love your your podcast. We never miss an episode. Also love Victor Davis Hanson, who writes and speaks a lot about the decline of yep. a once gorgeous state. And we should also mention your show with Victor Davis Hanson and Conrad Black, Scholars and Sense. We'll be doing that next week. Exactly. And Good. so yeah, listen to this podcast and listen to that show as well. Great. And um yeah, what did I want to say? I forgot. Go ahead. Yeah. All right, so let's see. We've got more love for the Michael Schellenberger in, uh, interview. Uh, let's see. We've got Dale emailed in and said, I have been in mourning for some time after you retired from your morning radio show. Uh, man, we do miss that show, right? Uh, I was happy to yeah, find I said some- no. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, there were things. Yeah. Early morning wake-up calls. 3.30 no wake-up. Yeah, yeah, no one's yeah, friend. Yeah. But Ben's Chili Bowl that early in the morning yeah, made it's it good. yeah it's it, good. It, it, it's good. provided us some peace uh it says i was happy to find some small solace when i discovered your podcast it was particularly heartwarming to hear claude's voice again thank you dale uh, as you dr bennett have been appearing on tv uh i can often see you on special report on fox claude is a valuable asset to the podcast you see why i'm reading this scene. oh yeah yeah i said I also, Did you underline <laughs> this part yeah, yeah i underlined it highlighted and uh yeah good, That's good. Uh, let's see i do enjoy the conversations you two have even about football i uh, says last week's podcast was another enlightening uh, interview as usual i was interested in hearing his remarks about how the homeless people are not really homeless at all which I have uh, read enough to know is not usually the case. And I like the idea that in Denmark, they're referred to in a different manner as street people, if I remember correctly. And yeah, he talked about that. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, let me mention something about the podcast. Cause I, I guess I didn't realize we're in the top 5% of podcasts now. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. And how long yeah. we've been doing this. We've been doing this show, um, I believe, for close to six years, maybe five. No, oh, the podcast. Yeah, something like that, right? Really? Five? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Good. Well, good for us. Well, you and I have only been doing it together, I think, for two or three. Yeah. This might be our third year. Yeah. 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 Uh, so, yeah. Um, another observation was that many of those homeless people need treatment uh, for drug and alcohol addictions. I recently read a book by David Sheff. I hope I'm uh, pronouncing his last name right, called Beautiful Boy, about the struggles the author's son had with the drug addiction. Uh, one thing that stood out to me was the author's uh, lament that there is no consistent nor standard treatment for addictions. Yeah, well, that's that's right. Um, it's kind of hunt and peck, and and you know the the good places, mm-hmm. um, you know, seem to have good analysts who do their best. But you know, you 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 send a child to a drug treatment center, a young person, and the odds are against it, right? Working, mm. but so you know, you keep sending them until it works, right? I think that's what a lot of people do. Yeah, yeah, and exhaust all the resources of the family in the in the process. Mm-hmm. Terrible. All right, so that's Dale. By the way, Dale had a PS and a PPS. PS, don't let the name fool you. I am a female. Uh, remember Dale Evans. Uh, Dale Evans, Roy Rogers, right? Dale Evans. And then also, you can in, uh, you can interview Byron York as often as you please. <laughs> a yeah, big we, Byron we, York we, fan. Well, I, we, who is not? Few journalists are as informed as he. She's right, uh, Byron York. Maybe uh, we should pause here because we got that little nod to football. Oh yeah, we'll right. Talk about the greatest football weekend ever in terms of pro football. Yeah. I mean, those four games, each of those four games came down to the last play. Unbelievable football. Yeah. Uh, and I have a confession. Do you want me to wait till the end for my confession? I'm embarrassed. Do you want to wait to the end of my confession, or do you want to take it now? Oh, I think I better hear it now. Okay, so yes, um, all four games, great games. Uh, the best one, maybe the best game in the history of football, Buffalo-Kansas City. I slept right through it. You did. I slept right through it. Friday was a, was a, was a 3.30 wake-up call for me. Saturday was a 5 a.m. wake-up. And Sunday was a 4 a.m. wake up. And I watched the San Francisco game uh, and just thought to myself, 
or the Tampa Bay game, whichever one was the Sunday game. That's Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay. And thought to myself, I'm not going to make it past the second one. And I, I, Dr. Bennett, I didn't even try. And I'm telling you, I woke up several times and I heard Manny screaming, heard Sierra screaming. I heard them running up and down the stairs grabbing snacks during commercial breaks. To your wife and your child watching your absence. Mm-hmm. I'm asleep. Tremendous. I'm asleep. I just couldn't do but, it. But but your influence is enormous. Right. Exactly. I said a false staff, not only witty in himself, but the cause of wit in others. There you go. I don't know what would have happened to football watching around here if I weren't around. Yeah, yeah. I just couldn't do it. I just, uh, you know, I was too tired. I did watch the other three games, though. Well, okay. All right. Well, well yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. What I'm to sorry say. to throw you before. No, no. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, don't give him 13 seconds because he'll. Well, don't forget, what was it, a week ago we were talking about the, the play, you know, with Dallas and Dak, you know, where they couldn't get it right in 14 seconds just to get the ball down. Patrick and Mahomes, they were down on, on the 7-yard line or something, 12-yard exactly, line. Exactly, and Patrick Mahomes gets it done in 13. And he was back that, on his own 25. That one play, that, I mean, that, that one scoring drive for Mahomes took less time than one run from Dak. One run. Yeah, yeah, play management was not good in Dallas. No, not at all. Not at all. America's team, you know. Mm-hmm. All right, let's see. Joe, uh, Biden, Joe Biden's America. When <laughs> Joe Biden's America, you need more than 13 seconds. Dak Prescott works for the Biden administration. No, I'm just, <laughs> I don't. I don't mean that, folks. Take it back. All right, let's see. Back to uh, the emails. We've got Matthew here, uh, and he says, Dear Secretary Bennett, love your podcast here, especially Scholars and Sense. Love the banter between you and Claude. Keep up the good work. Today's episode, however, was extremely frustrating to listen to. Because I grew up in, uh, uh, he's talking about the uh, San Francisco Sicko, um, uh, uh, show. Okay. Grew up in uh, New York City until graduating university in 19, uh, 1979 when I moved to San Francisco where I lived. Uh, right smack downtown, Lombard Street, Sansom. He says, uh, for the next 25 years, today I live in Bangkok, Thailand. I know uh, big cities, and I know the street scene. All I heard today was some of, was the same non, uh, nonsense that has been bantered around for more than 50 years, uh, nothing but excuses. There was almost no talk about individual responsibility. Uh, cities, big and small, across the country are being destroyed because no one has the guts to take uh, real action. Today, we tolerate everything, make excuses, create fancy names to wash away what is simply bad behavior. There are no longer any consequences for bad behavior. Conversely, cities like San Francisco reward bad behavior with all sorts of government handouts. Okay, uh, that's not my policy, mm-hmm. you know, but I mean, I, 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 I would think anybody listening to, you know, my show, our show, sure. would know that that, uh, I, I agree. Right, right, yeah, no, personal responsibility, no, we're big on that, exactly. Um, kind of goes on to say uh, there are laws already in the books that can prohibit that, but I think part of it was... The fact that when when you put mental health in it and you put drug abuse in it, like it's just locking people up in a prison. The answer is that a better answer than try than than other solutions we can find. Obviously, it's not better than leaving people on the streets, but what does that really do? Some people get clean in prison. Mm-hmm. Okay, right. some people don't see the light until they see the law, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and some people don't get clean until they're forced to be clean. Mm-hmm. And prison can do that. Mm-hmm. Of course, there are prisons where you can get drugs, too. Right, right, but, right. You know. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So maybe that even includes almost a rehaul of, the, of that um, prison system. There he says, San Francisco could be cleaned up in a New York second. 
uh, if you would, I guess, do the following. Employ the military to forcibly round up all the street people, uh, followed with the uh, Department of Sanitation to clean up all the filth and bring them to any one of our military bases. Uh, the people need to be showered, shaved, given proper uh, clean uniform, uh, uniforms, military-style beds, food, and a strict work regiment. Give them purpose. It's really that simple. That's his answer to it. He says, uh, the severely mentally ill uh, should have access to psychiatrists and meds if necessary, but under strict uh, supervision. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, there are options other than prison. There's that option. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. can also reinstitutionalize people. I mean, a lot of this has to do with the fact that we opened up mental institutions in the 80s right. and 90s to let everybody out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe put them back in. Yeah, I'd love to read the rest of his email. Matthew says, Please. Uh, all of this might sound cruel, but in truth, it's far more compassionate than allowing the current situation to continue. Uh, regrettably, Pelosi and Newsom, who live uh, high up on the hill, couldn't care less, uh, and the progressive citizens of San Francisco uh, cannot see the folly of their ways. And that's true. They are really detached from what's actually yeah. happening there no, on the streets. And, and I this mean, is the progressivism, and this is the liberal stuff. He says, ben, Frank, uh, ben Franklin said it best uh, many moons ago, common sense is anything but common. Good work there for Matthew, but he, but he's right. I mean, they, they, they are totally detached from the people that they say that they're trying to yes. help, and even from what the answers are. Did you see that Nancy Pelosi is actually, she says she's going to run for re-election? Yeah, oh, sure. She turns 82 two months from now. Yeah, well, she, she's, she'll win, you know. too. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, who's going to oppose her out there? Nobody. Right. I don't mm-hmm. think anybody is. No, no, no. Okay. Weekend picks for football. We didn't discuss those. Yeah, well, this is uh, this is it, NFC, AFC Championship. Mm-hmm. I think the Rams will beat the 49ers again. Okay. Uh, 49ers were... Lucky to win that game in sure. Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers did not have a great night. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I don't think he can beat the Chiefs. Although I guess the Bengals did beat the Chiefs earlier in the year. Right, right, right. So you've got Rams-Chiefs. i okay. got Rams-Chiefs. Okay. Super Bowl. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I mean, I, the Rams ought to do it. This is this is they, they did the talent. They gave up a lot of money, mm-hmm. draft choices to get Matthew Stafford. Mm-hmm. They got uh, Odell Beckham Jr. in the middle. Yeah, and I mean, Von they, Miller. Uh, yep, right, late. right, mm-hmm. right. So they got a lot of talent. And they if they don't win it this year, hard to know when if they ever would. Right, but uh, I don't know how you beat Mahomes. Yeah, no, yeah, I don't know what Cincinnati's going to do. How many them. ways can you throw a pass? Yeah, I mean, overhanded, overhanded underhanded, underhanded, swing side. <laughs> he's really he's, amazing. Player. He's great. He's great. Podcasts have changed the way we get our news, entertainment, politics, everything. Uh-huh. They've rewritten the script. Uh, somebody said to me this morning, I don't read op-eds, but I do listen to podcasts. Mm-hmm. We hope you listen to this one. Well, there's another exciting development that's rewritten the script, too, and that's called Masterworks. Okay. Masterworks enables you to diversify your portfolio. This is for investors. Mm-hmm. And potentially protected from market volatility. And you do so by investing in contemporary art with Masterworks. Ah, okay. Now, I'm not up on contemporary art, but boy, it's hot. And mm-hmm. people love it. They're the fintech startup shaking up the alternative investing landscape. It lets you build a portfolio of fine art without spending millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. Invest in Picasso, Warhol. Uh, invest in paintings by iconic artists like these with Masterworks. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Masterworks has an industry-leading research team, and it's created the first and only platform where anybody can buy and trade shares of paintings, giving you the same access enjoyed by millionaires and billionaires for generations. See, now you're talking my language, because I'm not a big art guy. Like, I sit there and I look at it, I don't get it. But I'm a money person. Give it a try. Our listeners get priority access to their latest offerings at masterworks.art slash bill. Okay. Masterworks.art slash bill. Join a new generation of investors. This is a new deal, boy. 
This is the, the modern world. Join that new generation of investors at masterworks.art slash bill. And folks, see important disclaimers at masterworks.io slash disclaimer. Masterworks, give it a look. So recently we were here uh, and had a special event in Texas. I, I was here with you because we had to kind of virtually drop in. You and Governor Abbott talking a little education. Yeah, uh, he was in Louisville. Texas at uh, uh, a school there, an excellent school, and um, asked me to come in by a Zoom, yep. which I did, and we talked about uh, achievement and state of things in schools and uh, learning. Right, and so what we want to do is play back um, Dr. Bennett's remarks and his exchange with Governor Greg Abbott right here on the show. Great. Before we get to education, already a lot's been said by you and by the students, but uh, non-educational things, as a citizen... And the word was used earlier, resident of North Carolina and Maryland. I want to thank you, Governor, for what you're doing to protect the citizens of this country, all over this country. Your efforts at the border, which should be duplicated by the federal government and are not, are much appreciated by folks like us. We really appreciate what you and other Texans are trying to do to secure our border and maintain the sovereignty of the state. Thank you. Second, um, you have the typical modesty of, 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 a, of a great man, uh, the way you talk about your circumstance and how you overcame it is very impressive. As uh, my wife says, don't brag on yourself, and uh, you don't. Uh, third thing, totally unrelated, is can you explain why do you call a quarterback keeper with 14 seconds left in the game? What is with the Cowboys? I mean... Do you have any authority here? Can you sign something that prohibits them? I mean, I, I'm, I'm a Longhorn, too, like you are. I have my Ph.D. from Texas. That was a disaster season. We do have Patrick Mahomes left, right? So he's, we're going to see a lot of him. But anyway, I, how about those Cowboys? I, I, well, let me just say uh, congratulations on this and on the Parental Bill of Rights. Um, just one or two thoughts. I used to say, secretary, all the time, not every teacher is a parent, but every parent is a teacher. The child's all but indispensable teacher. We know that the parent's influence on the child is the greatest influence of any adult. And, you know, parents sometimes don't appreciate this. They think, especially with the teenage years, you know, kids are, they're not listening. I'm talking, but they're not listening. They are listening. They are listening. Uh, it may not pop up again for a few years, but they're listening. But you cannot pay teachers to do what parents do every day for free, out of love. And we need to restore the priority of the parent to the classroom and to the child's education, which is what you are doing. It was a great revelation, Governor, don't you think, during the COVID period, where looking over uh, the shoulder of, uh, of the students, people said what was, saw what was going on in the classrooms and said, that doesn't sound, that just doesn't sound right to me, you know. And I think there's something really bubbling up in this country now. And it's being led by people like you, uh, and other governors and some governor, a governor elect too recently. Um, that's, that's restoring the priority of parents in this. I can think just very quick, I can think of my wife. I mean, I was the secretary of education, but I wouldn't, 
allowed so much time with the kids as my wife. She said, I'll handle the retail here, you know. Anyway, uh, the science projects, you know, up in the attic when the boys were little. Uh, we had a science project, uh, three uh, hamsters, three cages, three parts of the attic. And we had uh, gangster rap for one, jazz for another, and classical music. And my wife's theory was gangster rap will kill you. It'll, it'll, it'll hurt you. And lo and behold, a week later, Joe came down. I said, what's up? He said, the gangster rap hamster died. I said, really? Well, how about that? I said, what about the others? He said, oh, they died too. I said, well, <laughs> what's the theory here? He said, well, I didn't feed them. I said, okay, well, maybe, maybe this is what we call fake science. Send this over to CDC in Atlanta. Any, anyway, uh, yeah, long hours in the attic doing the science project. People in the audience know what we're talking about. You, you will just do it, and you will just do it, and you will just keep on doing it. The one thing I want to encourage parents to do, quite apart from taking seriously what it is you have done here and what you have signed, and I salute you for it, is don't be intimidated by what we call the cult of expertise. You know, we, 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 we tend to think people are so expert, we should just defer. When it comes to the education of children, if you don't understand what they're talking about, you're probably right, and they're probably wrong. It's not complicated uh, what to teach children. And what parents want schools to do is teach children how to read and write and count and think and help them develop reliable standards of right and wrong. I was so taken with what Anna had to say. Knowledge and virtue, therefore liberty, therefore freedom. Remarkable what's going on in the, in the, in the founder's school there. And I'm just um, I'm thrilled to be part of this. I salute you, sir, for, for what you're doing. What you have signed, I, I predict, will be signed by many others uh, in the future. Uh, and, and, this, and this will be a good thing. Take charge of your child's education. Um, it is the single most important thing you can do for your child. Life is a race. H.G. Wells said life's a race between education and catastrophe. And one other thing I, I used to point out, and I, I know it's honored there at Founders, Reading, reading, reading. You have got to learn to read well, proficiently, by the third grade. The life odds for you, if you cannot read and are not interested in reading, uh, when you are eight or nine years old, really are stacked against you. Um, there's a lot we know and a lot uh, we need to apply. Uh, my salutations to you, sir, for your leadership in this area. And... Uh, I'm, I'm thrilled to be with you and be with the community of, of parents there uh, in the room. I miss it. Gosh, I used to go to the school. I'm, I'm just uh, jealous I'm not there with you. Invite me down. I'll come back. We'll do it. Well, well thank you, Secretary Bennett. Wow. Give it up for Secretary Bennett. So, Mr. Secretary, while we have you, if you wouldn't mind, could I ask you a couple of questions? Absolutely, sure. All right, let's try this. Uh, so, what are some of the top concerns that you are hearing from parents across the country when it comes to their children's education? Uh, you know, uh, the main concern I'm hearing now 
and you you know you turn on the news, you can see it is is this uh, runaway curriculum. Um, you mentioned critical race theory. This is one of the problems. Uh, this has gotten into the schools from the colleges, from the law schools, uh, and uh, it's a pernicious doctrine. It's also a false doctrine. Uh, and, uh, you know, the, 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 the notions that are contained in it are wrong. They're easily falsifiable by the history. But um, it's, taken, it's taken off in our schools. And parents are wondering, why would you not teach what's so obvious, which is that this is the greatest country on, on earth? I used to say when I visited classrooms, Governor, no one knows this better than you. I remember a student said, why do you love this country? I said, I, I give it the Gates test. Every country has gates. And when you raise the gates, which way do people run? Do they run in or do they run out? And when you raise the gates in this country, people run in. When you don't raise the gates in this country, people run in. There must be something right about America. And this this notion of, of trashing the country, trashing the founders, thinking of the school that you're sitting in, um, it's, it, 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 it's a ter- terrible thing. And again... This, I think this, this period of COVID, maybe one blessing out of this was that people saw what was going on in, in some of the schools. Justice Brandeis said sunlight is the best disinfectant. We got some sunlight and uh, people didn't like a lot of what they saw. Very well said. Uh, another question. One thing that you know that we've seen over the past couple of years is government officials from the federal level to the local level try to undermine Parent parental rights. Even President Biden's education secretary refused to acknowledge that parents are the primary stakeholders for their children. My question to you is, what kind of response are you seeing to this sentiment from concerned parents across the country? What do you believe, and and if if I could add one other, what, what, uh, what do you believe are effective strategies to combat this, whether it's at the state or grassroots level? You know, when I, uh, again, when I went around the country, visited schools and gave talks, people would say, well, you know, what, what, what should we do? And I would say, run for the school board. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's, it doesn't pay well. Uh, I, and I, and, and it's hard work. And I used to say, you know, I, as a Catholic, I can tell you, if you go for the school board, you, when you die, you don't go to purgatory because you've already been there. Uh, you just, uh, you just, you just go right on up. Uh, but it's, it's, it's where the rubber meets the road. And if anybody was watching the Loudoun County School Board or some of the school boards in, in Texas, Loudoun County, Virginia, you saw what those parents were saying to the school board members. You are not representing what we believe. You, you are not teaching what we want our children uh, to learn. How could any parent not want their child to sound like Anna uh, and, 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 and the young gentleman, I forgot his first name, um, as, they, as they spoke at the podium. That's what you want children to turn out to be. And again, be vocal. Uh, remind people that you pay the bills. After all, it's your taxes. It's your money. And uh, I, I do like what the new Attorney General of Virginia said. He said, do you think you have more rights to my children than I do? Tell me their names. Tell me their birthdays. Tell me their favorite things to do. Yeah, we know who knows the kids. Excellent. One last question, and then we'll let you go. And that is, 
As you know, Texas was one of the first states to require schools to provide in-person learning during the pandemic, while many other states kept schools closed. How have you seen these two different strategies play out? And to what extent are we seeing the effects of learning loss in lockdown states? Well, two parts. First of all, they seem to be sicker in California than in Texas and Florida. You know, I mean, that, that's just empirical fact. And, um, you know, who, how school officials could presume that they could tell parents what to do with the children's bodies, what to put into those, uh, what to put into those children's arms. Um, impossible. And, 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 and look at the, look at the, look at the empirical results. What was the second part of the question? I'm sorry. Uh, and that is to, to what extent are you seeing the effects of learning loss in lockdown oh, states? It, it's, it's been awful. I mean, the, the, the more the lockdown, the more the learning loss. We've seen dramatic losses in academic learning, particularly in math, way behind. And you know, I, I have to say, I, I don't want to turn this political event. The liberals who say their cause is the poor and the minority, it's the poor and the minority kids who suffer the worst. When schools get shut down, those are the kids who get hurt the most. They need school uh, uh, the most. Uh, it's very hard to recover that lost math. And um, in addition to that, it's been well documented, and I, I'm sure everyone in your audience knows that kids suffer a lot from that deprivation of the company of other children. They need to be with other children. They need to be in playgrounds. Um, they need to interact. They need to learn together. Um, and we've seen a terrible uh, increase in child pathologies and, and sicknesses. So let's get them back in the school. Let's get them back in good schools. Uh, let's take as our model a founder school right there. I'm just so impressed with what what I heard tonight, you and I, I think, are the third and fourth most eloquent people at the podium, uh, <laughs> following the kids and uh, and Jason, and, and I congratulate. But thank you, Governor. And again, I salute you. Um, you are a leader, uh, not just in Texas, but a national leader. And um, other governors will be imitating. Uh, and imitation is the best form of flattery. And you'll be getting a lot of it. Thank you, Secretary Bill Bennett. Thank you, sir. All right, that does it for today's show. To catch up on previous episodes of the show, go to thebillbennettshow.com. You can follow me at Twitter at William J. Bennett. You can like me on Facebook. Just search Bill Bennett. Feel free to email the show. I'd love to hear from you. It's billbennettpodcast at gmail.com. Please share the podcast with your family and your friends. Catch up next week.